0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherokee. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our little refresher podcast last week. You may have been like, I don't give a crap about what's going on in your life. I just want your topics. And today I am back and ready for action with a new Topic segment topic. My stomach just growled so loud. I don't know if you heard that on uh, on camera on audio recording. I ate cauliflower tots and okay. Hold on, hold on. Before we get in the segment, I need to tell you guys about these two miraculous new things I have found. So, if you listened last week, you heard about my new um, my sleep disorder I was diagnosed with and my propensity for Parkinson's. So my doctor has put me on a new diet. It is not a diet for weight loss. It is a diet for brain health. I can talk about that in the future if you guys want to hear about my diagnosis and my lifestyle change and all of that. We're not talking about that today. But because of that, I have been eating better and a little differently and I have to eat a lot of vegetables. So one, I love macaroni and cheese. Oh, and I'm also not allowed more than one ounce of cheese a week. I know, gasp. It's horrifying. It's terrible. It's the worst news I ever got in my life. But one ounce of cheese, which if you don't know what one ounce of cheese is, is one cheese stick. So like a string cheese, that is how much cheese I am allowed in a week. So anyways, because I am not allowed that much cheese, I have to kind of ration it out. So mac and cheese I love. And I'm also looking more to whole wheats instead of refined pasta. So I found these new, My actually my friend Michelle got me hip to them. It's called goodles. So think of noodles, but with a G goodles, like good goodles. They might be, no, I think it's goodles. Anyways, you can get them very random places. Most whole foods have them. Target's all have them. Some grocery stores have them. They're in the normal, like boxed mac and cheese aisle, like wherever you find craft, but they are made from vegetables. They are not gluten-free. I don't think so. There is a little bit of normal white flour in them, I think. (laughs) But they're made mostly of like vegetable extracts. There's like mushroom and broccoli and all these things. They have the same exact texture as normal noodles. And then the cheese sauce is like a healthier cheese sauce. Also, it is cheese. It's not dairy-free. So this is not health food by any stretch of the imagination. But it is much healthier and it gets you your servings of vegetables. So I am a fan. If you get the normal blue box style goodle. It tastes exactly like craft mac and cheese. They also have one called Shella Good, which is like a white cheddar. They have Twist My Parm, which is like a, a curly parm. I should, this should be a sponsored podcast. I should be getting paid for this. This is not a sponsored podcast. I just really like goodles. Um, and then they also have a Cacio e Pepe one, which is not my favorite, but the other three, well, the normal craft style mac and cheese isn't my favorite either, but Shella Good and Twist My Parm are my jam. So I had that for dinner tonight. Also, the second thing that I want to rave about is, I think it's Green Giant. They make cauliflower tots. Now, they make cauliflower tots or veggie tots, they make like a broccoli one and they make a broccoli cauliflower one. And a lot of them have cheese and bacon bits and all this crap. Those aren't very healthy, but the one that is just cauliflower, I put them in my air fryer and dip them in ketchup. And it is the most delicious non-junk food junk food ever. And you get your full servings of vegetables and they're amazing. I suggest if you buy them and air fry them, fry them longer than you would air fry most things because they get a little mushy if you don't fry them firm. But anyway, so that's what I had for dinner. And I just ate like a half hour ago. So my stomach is digesting. So if you hear tummy gurgles, that's what's happening in life. Also, my hip just popped because I'm old and my chair is squeaking because I'm learning the quirks of this new podcast setup. So You know what, there's going to be sounds. There's just going to be sounds in the background. But it's okay because at least it's not a dog barking or a child crying. Today my topic is all about breaking up with a friend. I actually had somebody submit, I think it was a story. I asked for stories and she submitted and I thought it was very poignant in describing what breaking up with a friend actually kind of is or looks like. I'm just going to read part of her story. You know, she's talking about the relationship. Then she says, How do you say goodbye? You know, it's not an unfriend and block kind of situation, but you watch the people you once loved go on and have a life, and you're outside of it, and it's bittersweet. And of course, it's okay that you're both thriving, but she used to be who you'd call if you needed to cry. She used to be who you'd be binge watching the new series with. You used to be here in a way, even if that way wasn't permanent, and now she's someone else. And your friendship is clicking heart shapes next to pictures where she smiles next to people you've never met. You know where her birthmark is. She knows where you've buried your dead. The poets and the singers and the authors write about romantic love when it ends, but nobody tells you how to get over a friend. So this girl, the story leading up to this was just kind of uh, talking about, you know, this friend that she had to end the friendship with. And this is something that I have experienced in the past uh, with not many people, but I've had multiple experiences. I wouldn't say multiple, a couple, a handful of experiences where I've had to end a friendship. And I call that breaking up with a friend. So essentially, what I mean by breaking up with a friend is just actually ending a friendship versus just kind of drifting away, drifting apart, but actually making a physical end to a friendship. In thinking about this, I thought about why we would need to break up with a friend, why we would need to actually end a friendship. So first, you know, sometimes it's okay to drift apart. And there's lots of reasons that friendships just naturally drift apart. You know, there's distance, you move away. There's your age, you get older, you kind of grow apart. Um, differences in lifestyles or jobs, like when I used to tour full time, it was really hard to keep friendships. And I drifted away from those friends that, you know, it was just harder to stay in touch. I think sometimes proximity makes friendships. So it's really easy to be besties with your next door neighbor. And then when they move four cities away, if you're not really, really besties, then you kind of, you know, lose touch and drift out of each other's lives. So that is totally normal. The drifting thing that's not exactly what I'm talking about today. I'm talking more about friends that you feel need to not be in your life for a specific reason, whether they've done something to harm you or harm themselves, or you don't agree with their life choices or whatever it is. There's lots of reasons that we actually want to end friendships. Sometimes too, you just need to set boundaries for yourself. So it might be that maybe like, you know, you have a new partner, a new romantic partner, and your partner and your friend hate each other. And, you know, most of the time in those situations, unless your partner's being a shitwad and it's his fault and you tell him to stop being a shitwad and be friends with your friend. But it could be that your friend and your partner are never going to see eye to eye. They don't get along. They have very different values. And you have to choose. Or maybe there's been something that's happened where okay, here's one. Well, this is a sister, but if anybody knows the story of Jay-Z and Beyonce and Solange in the elevator, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Essentially what happened, it was like an award show and they were all in an elevator and their camera was recording what happened in the elevator and Beyonce's sister Solange actually like physically attacked Jay-Z. From my understanding, it was when she found out that Jay-Z had cheated on Beyonce. So she was just like having her sisters back. Obviously they're sisters. So like there's no choosing your partner over your sister or vice versa. But if that had have happened and it was just a friend, it might be that mm, time to let that friend go because you can't have your friend be beating up your husband. Even if she's taken up for you <laughs> with him cheating on you. But hopefully he wouldn't cheat on you to start with. And maybe in that situation, you'd be breaking up with your partner and not with your friend. But there's, you know, there's definitely times when partners and friends just do not mesh. And I definitely have friends currently and in the past that my partners haven't particularly cared for or liked where I just kind of like mm, invite them around a little less and we don't do coupley things with them, that kind of thing. But You know, at some point, sometimes you got to just call it good. Then there's also friends like my friend. I had a friend I had to break up with. She was a high-maintenance friend. And when we first met, she was in a very toxic relationship. Back in the days of Craigslist, she caught him finding sex workers on Craigslist. I don't know about you all, but if I find my partner in a not open relationship, a very monogamous relationship, finding other people to have sex with through the back of a newspaper, I think it's time to call it. But she would complain and he would do these things and then she would stay with him. And every time something new would happen, she would ask my advice, what do I do, what do I do? And I would tell her, like, you got to leave him and start over and you can do it. And she just wouldn't. And I mean, this was like, over and over and over. And at some point I was like, you know what, either leave him or stop venting to me because I don't know what you want from me. Like, obviously nothing's changing. You can't complain that you're being treated badly when you're allowing yourself to be treated badly. So that started it. That was just the beginning. So finally, she did end the relationship with this toxic dude, which was great. But then my relationship with her started interfering with my other relationships. So I had a male best friend and him and her hit it off and they started sleeping together, which was totally fine. And they had a mutual agreement that they were just friends with benefits and that if either one of them was going to sleep with someone else, they would tell each other. Or if they were you know, going to get in a relationship, they would tell each other and that was it and cool and they would stay friends. Some people can do that really successfully and some people cannot. I am not the kind of person that could ever do that. I don't have that mechanism in me that can just shut off. If I am sleeping with somebody, I'm going to be emotionally attached to somebody. And I think that she was the same way and she was just trying to be like the cool chick, but it wasn't actually in her. So when he started sleeping with other people, she got super upset. And She would make scenes when we would go out and cry and she made a big scene at my wedding dinner rehearsal and it was just a mess. And I told her in the beginning, like, please do not sleep with this one friend because he is my best friend and he is around all the time. And she went and did it and it made things really complicated. So that was another thing, (laughs) another tick. So the other thing too was she was very... I think it was just insecurity, which like, Hey, who am I to judge? We all have our insecurities, but she would f- like flash people randomly, flash her boobs. And when we would like go out and we would go to bars, like whether it was a gay bar or whatever. And like, that's fine. Like I'm not a prude or whatever. That's just not like my, my vibe when I'm going out. So it was always really uncomfortable. It kind of brought the attention that I didn't really want from strangers. And I finally, I asked her one day, I was like, You know, why when we go out, do you do that? Like, I feel like when we're one on one, you're this very mellow, intelligent, like thoughtful. We have great conversations. And then when we're in groups, it's like, how wild can you be? And she told me that she felt like me and my best guy friend and my best girlfriend and my, X at the time when we would get together, we were very shucky. Like we were quick witted and we would make jokes and it was very fast and boom, boom, boom. And because she didn't have that type of personality or that sense of humor, she didn't feel like she could keep up because she wasn't shucky, that her way to contribute and be wild was to like do all this other stuff. And I told her that the reason I was friends with her was not because she was shucky or quick witted, it was because she was who she was and that. It's nice to have friends that contribute something different and and contribute different energy to a group of friends. Like not not everyone can be the like quick-witted fast fast snap I'm snapping. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> you know, snappy kind of humor, but that's okay because if everyone's like that, then everyone's competing. And that's the thing is I felt like she felt like she had to compete for attention when we would go out. So, oh, so back to the rehearsal dinner when I got married the last time. She was part of a very small group of people that came to the rehearsal dinner. Basically, it was my best girlfriend and her. It was who I asked to kind of like help me, you know, get stuff ready and whatever, because I didn't have a wedding planner or any of that fancy stuff. So the rehearsal dinner the night before the wedding, my best friend was in town, my best female friend and my male friend who she had at this point ended her sleeping with. We were all at the rehearsal dinner and my grandma-in-law at the time had a pool and it was a little separated from everything else but it was a really warm evening so best guy friend best girlfriend went to sit at the end of the pool put their feet in the pool not romantically involved at all just like talking well high maintenance friends saw them and thought oh now something's happening with them she had been drinking she was supposed to stay the night and help us with some wedding stuff She had been drinking, and she had ridden her motorcycle to this house. It was about an hour from where she lived, so she left in a huff on her motorcycle after having several drinks, and like sent me a text from the driveway, like "I'm leaving." So then I'm not only is it like the night before my wedding, but or two nights before my wedding. I'm like now worried about her. It was a lot. This is a lot. I know this is a lot for you guys to process, (laughs) but I feel like I need to give. A lot of this backstory for it to make sense of like why I got to the point of actually wanting to break up with a friend. The night before the wedding, also, she was supposed to come spend the night and we were supposed to like make lemonade and get stuff ready and blah, blah, blah. She was supposed to bring some stuff and she was supposed to be there at like eight. And at 11, she was like, oh, I don't know if I can make it. If I leave now, I'll be there by midnight. It was literally just me, my mother-in-law, my best friend and her were supposed to be the ones putting stuff together. So I was like, don't even worry about it. I was angry. The next day at the wedding, I do have to say, I have to give her credit. She came through. She was great. She helped so much in setting up my wedding and she was like chef's kiss at the wedding. So there's that. But then at the end of the wedding, once again, she got mad Again, because best girlfriend and best guy friend. So the three of them were supposed to share a hotel room. We were leaving the venue and the hotel we were staying at was like two miles down the road. So we literally were like, everyone just jump in a car, grab the last of the stuff from the venue. We're going to head to the hotel and then we're going to meet in -in mother-in-law's room and like have a drink and hang out. There was like maybe 10 of us. So best guy friend and best girlfriend get in one car and not in the car she was driving. And so then she thought that they must be doing something. So she sends a text to them and says, enjoy the room. And then again, after drinking all day, drove an hour home, worrying me on my wedding night. I'm really not trying to turn this into a (laughs) shit-talking podcast. This person is a very sweet, kind-hearted, lovely, intelligent, talented person. We just were not meant to be close friends. And for as much as I love her, this is the reason that it pushed me to the breakup. So I don't want to, if if God forbid she ever listened to this, I don't want it to seem like, oh my God, this terrible person I had to break up with. It's more of, oh my God, this person that I was not compatible with being friends that I had to break up with. So I hope that's clear. Anyways, so finally I needed space for my own mental health because this was just a lot. It was just kind of a lot all the time. It was like everything that involved this person turned into a crisis, turned into a drama, turned into being stressful. And my thought on friendships and romantic relationships is that they should relieve your stress. They shouldn't add to your stress. Life is already stressful enough. But the issue was when all of this was happening, her mom was dying and then died very prematurely from a terrible affliction. It was very sad and very dramatic and traumatic for my friend. So of course I wanted to be there for her. And I think a lot of the acting out too was just her dealing with her own trauma. So it was this mix of like, I wanted to be there for her, but I couldn't because it was too much for me to handle for my own mental health. So at some point, I kind of just slowly started distancing myself. Like I would invite her out less with groups of friends. I would do like more just one-on-one with her and me. So after I started distancing, I think at some point, I just actually told her that I just needed some space. And I honestly, I don't know if I, in so many words, told her that our friendship was like done. I think it was very clear. It was very clear to me. She stopped coming to Girls' Nights, stopped calling me, stopped texting me. Like it was like we went from zero to no, we didn't go from zero to nothing. Because that's the same thing. That's weird. We went from like a hundred to zero really fast. So who knows? Maybe she was over me too. Maybe I was too much for her. Um, but there was definitely a very clear friendship breakup. Like it was done. We were not friends. And then years later. I just kind of sent her a text out of the blue and I was just like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to see how you've been. We haven't talked in a long time and remember this one time. And she had moved to a different state and gotten this great job. And I was like, you know, if you ever want to hang out, if you ever come back, she did, she moved back, but I think too much had happened for both of us, for us ever to really be close again. But I do feel like, we kind of like put a period at the end of the sentence finally of like, okay, yeah, like that friendship is kind of done and dusted. If I ever saw her in person, it would be happy how you doing, give you a hug, nice to see you. There's no bad blood at all, but friendship is definitely done. But I think the thing with breaking up with a friend that I should have done, I should have been braver in doing it, is giving her closure. Because I think the person on the end of a breakup – Deserves an explanation and deserves closure. And whether that's, you know, whether you have like some awful traumatic breakup or just like it naturally ran its course, I think that there still deserves to be some sort of closure. And you know how many times I hear, I don't know why we're friends anymore from people. And honestly, in the questions and the stories that I got from people, there was a lot of that. So just giving a friend closure of like, you know, I love you as a person, I don't think we're compatible, that kind of thing, I think is huge. I also, on the other side of that, I have a friend that, like, we were in the same friend group. We were in a very close friend group. There was, like, four of us that did everything together. We would go on trips together, and we had a text group and whatever, and she just unfollowed me on socials, stopped coming to my events, stopped inviting me to hers. Like, she had a birthday party that she invited all our other friends to and not me, and I still have no idea no idea. We never had an argument. We never had a disagreement. There was never anything at all. And I just feel like the feeling of not being able to work on those things, you know, the things that harm relationships, that is a very frustrating position to be in. So we are going to take a break because I'm going to come back with some questions and stories and I'm going to kind of talk further about this in my answering of those things. So we'll be right back. and we're back. I'm going to take a little break here to let you know that if you would like to sponsor a podcast, please email me. I am the only cherry doll face at gmail.com. If you want to be a sponsor, if you have a small business or a large business and you want to sponsor a podcast episode or a couple of episodes or whatever, email me. I'll give you my rates. They are very reasonable. I promise. And my listenership is back And um, my listeners are awesome. Also, if you want to become a supporter, you can do that as well. You can just go to the main podcast page on Spotify and click become a supporter. You can donate as much or as little as you want to each month or just one time. And that helps me to be able to keep bringing you these fun podcasts that I put so much love into. So anyways, let's get to some questions. So first question is from... At Bunny V Boss Lady, I wanted to submit something for your podcast. I've binged all of your eps while working on my 1960 Euro VW Beetle. It's so nice to feel like I'm chatting with a friend while I get sunburnt working outside. Wear your sunscreen, Bunny V Boss Lady. You can't be telling your friendly esthetician that you get sunburnt. I've heard of this concept of trauma bonding. A person told me that's what was happening with them and myself and our friendship. I think that idea is a bit silly because wouldn't you want friends that have similar experiences and understanding of the world? I have a hard time being friends with people who have had beautiful, shiny lives because unfortunately that wasn't my life for a long time and still isn't today, but it's getting better. Smiley face. Yay. So I guess the question is, what do you think about the concept of trauma bonding and creating friendships around similar bad experiences? Is this a reason to not be friends with someone if you find that, that may be why the friendship started? So this is a very interesting question because I have someone in my life, I don't want to call anyone out, someone close to me in my life that uh, is trauma bonded with her romantic partner. I don't necessarily think trauma bonds are bad. I think it depends on the root of the trauma bond. If in your relationship you hold each other in your trauma, like if you're like, this shitty thing happened to me, and they're like, this shitty thing happened to me, and you're like, let's just wallow in it and talk about it and not get help and not fix ourselves. Yeah, and that's like the nature of your trauma bond. I think that's when it is unhealthy. If you are trauma bonded with someone, like I definitely have, I have a very close girlfriend that we have really similar Daddy issues and trauma, childhood trauma, where it's like, this shitty thing happened to me. Yeah, me too. How do we talk about making this better? How do we support each other in feeling okay? Like, it's nice to have somebody that understands what you went through. And, like you said, that doesn't have like a perfect shiny life, but also you support each other in dealing with and moving on from the trauma. I think that can be very healthy. So, I think it just depends on the nature of that trauma bond, if that makes sense. But I do think that if the trauma bond just keeps you, like holds you into your trauma and gives you an excuse to wallow in it, then that might be time to break up or even just distance yourself because, you know, an actual breakup with a friend who you became friends with through trauma might actually just make the trauma worse. At DDZ430 asks what do you do when you have to see the unfriend out in the world and the unfriend out in the world and how do you make peace in that space? Luckily I haven't had to deal with this as far as friend breakups because I don't know the couple of friends that I've broken up with or that have broken up with me, we just run in different circles and I never saw them again. I have run into ex-boyfriends out in the world. So I think it's I mean I think it's kind of similar. I say just be mature. You know, if you broke up with a friend that you were like, this just isn't working, let's not be friends anymore. There's no reason that when you see each other, you have to like hate each other or ignore each other. It just seems silly. Like say hello, give a hug, ask how you're doing, and then like move on with your night. There's no reason not to do that. If you feel awkward or if you end things really badly, just ignore them. There's nothing wrong with that either. If it's somebody, you know, if, it, if you're seeing them out in the world very rarely, like you see them at a show every few years and you want to ignore, fine. If it's somebody that's still in a, in a group of friends that you see often, like you need to just be an adult and be like, what's up? Hey, it's not that difficult. At Whimsy Bean asks, can you still be friends with your ex-friends family members? This is a tough one. And this one I think is interesting I had a situation with another, again, a romantic relationship where I always thought like, yeah, you can stay friends with my sister and my mom. I'll stay friends with your parents and your brother. Like that's normal. Well, his dad informed me that apparently that's just what happens when relationships end and that you lose the family too. Apparently some people are not emotionally mature enough to deal with that. So I think it really depends on the situation. If the family still wants to be friends with you, then why not? If the ex-friend doesn't like it, that's none of your business. You know, honestly, who the only person it's going to affect is the family members. If the family members are like, screw him, you're still my buddy, then, or screw her, you're still my buddy, then by all means, keep that friendship. Obviously, in that friendship, don't talk about the ex-friend. Don't vent about the ex-friend. Don't talk shit about the ex-friend. Keep that separate. You know, keep your new life, the topic of talk. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think it really just depends on the situation. Now, if the ex-friend's family is like, "Mm, we can't really talk to you anymore. Don't be offended or hurt by that because it's not uncommon because, you know, the family member is going to have to deal with the friend. They're they're not going to unfamily that friend and it might make it really awkward for them. Or even hurtful for them, so you kind of just have to respect what the family wants to do also don't stay friends with family members just to be spiteful. that also is not not cool man, not cool at carnations and poppies asks does it do more harm than good to make any kind of public PR statement on social media? this one's interesting too because my last marriage when we got divorced, we made a public public statement. I felt like I had to because I in what I do and with, you know, having a big following people. A lot of people were like, would ask about him and ask about us. And it was like, I can't keep saying in the middle of a divorce, I'm getting divorced because it was like just too hard emotionally. So I just made like one overarching Instagram post that was like, we're ending on good terms. This is this, please don't ask questions. Kind of like actual celebrities do. Like the family asks for your respect of our privacy, which nobody ever respects privacy, but it's fun to ask for. So I think it depends on, you said public PR statement. So that makes me think maybe you have a social media following. I think it's more... It makes more sense to do that in an actual romantic relationship or a marriage because that's just one person you're bonded with and spending your life with and people sometimes find it weird or whatever. I think there's never any reason to put any of your your business in the world. So like why it happened or your feelings on it, like if you want to make a statement, just be like, this is no longer a thing and please respect our privacy and We're still on good terms, even if you're not. Like, don't make yourself look like an asshole because the more info you give, the more shit you talk publicly, the worse it's going to make you look. Even if the other person is in the wrong, you're not going to look good. I don't really think there's a reason to do it for a friendship unless, say, you have a friend that you're like you create a YouTube series together, or you do something together in the public eye where people are like, wait a minute, why aren't you guys friends anymore? Then like, yeah, maybe it's, you need to publicly be like, you know, me and person A have parted ways. I wish her the best, blah, 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 like, keep it nice, keep it positive, keep it vague. That's fine. But I think the only time it does more harm is if you put like your actual feelings and any details in there. At CHR underscore SXN, is it easy to break up with a friend without looking like the bad person? So here's the thing. In my life, I have realized it doesn't matter how you look to other people as long as you are at peace with yourself. You can look like the bad person in any situation, it can be spun in any situation to make you look like the bad person. So, kind of like I was saying in the last answer, if you're going to post anything publicly, if you're going to talk to anybody publicly about, you know, a breakup, don't talk shit because that's going to make you look like the bad person. <laughs> Let me back up to this entire podcast. Basically, the whole story I told you about the friend that I broke up with, if I had have been saying that to our friends, to like people that actually know her, like this is why we broke up and fuck her and blah, blah, blah. I would look like the bad person, even though my feeling of it in, in our friendship, I feel like I was not in the wrong. I feel like I was wronged and I feel like I wasn't really wronged. I just feel like I tried really hard and I was a good friend, but me venting all of that stuff just makes me look like the bad person. Now, obviously I told you guys the whole story in this podcast because I wanted you to have backstory and also, you know, people that can relate with those kind of situations and maybe it will inspire you to break up with a toxic friend. But I also wanted to be very clear that none of it I not none of it was I saying for her to look bad or for me to feel righteous or that like I was the better friend. And I think that's where the distinction of looking bad comes in. Like the less you say to people about what happened, the better. Just keep it vague. If you want to break up with a friend, do it very privately. And then just like, move on with your life. And yeah, you might lose mutual friends. It's like when you get divorced or have, you know, a romantic friendship end or romantic relationship end, you're very likely going to lose friends. It's just the nature of parting ways. And that's fine. Your actual friends will stay by your side. And what I have noticed with the ending of my romantic relationships is that, Years down the road, many of them come back because you've stayed the bigger person and the other person hasn't, and then they realize that like, oh yeah, you kind of were the right person in this situation, and you get a lot of apologies. So yeah, you might be the bad person or look like the bad person. You might lose friends, but as long as you stay true to yourself and you know that you haven't done anything wrong, you're good. At DEEJ7967, is reconciliation possible after friends break up? If so, what steps need to be taken? I kind of talked about this with my my friend breakup where years down the road I sent her a text and just kind of like, you know, water under the bridge, whatever. To be honest, when I sent her the text, she told me that something very, very traumatic had happened to her kind of right after our friendship ended. And I felt really guilty that I hadn't been there. And, um... I really was like sincerely like, hey, I would love to see you. I would love to hang out. And she kind of was like, yeah, totally. And then like never made an effort so that, you know, I'm not dumb. Like kind of got the hint that like we're friendly, but we're not friends. And that's fine. I don't think we would ever have been as close as we would have been, but I think we could have been more casual friends again. But she didn't want to. And that's totally fine. And so that's the thing is like, is reconciliation possible? Yes, I believe so, depending on how it ended. Um, Obviously, if it ended really messy, if mean things were said, never say anything that you would ever want to take back because once it's said, you can't take it back. And that can harm a relationship more irreparably than anything. So yeah, if it was just like a clean break and that was that, and then a couple years down the road, it's like, okay, we have both matured a little bit, grown up a little bit. Let's try this again. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it has to be done gently as far as like what steps need to be taken. Like I said, I just kind of text her tentatively like, hi, just thinking about you, you know, maybe like bring up like, hey, I just saw this thing that reminded me of you and like be intuitive on the vibe you're getting back. If they're like one word answering you back, like, yeah, maybe not. But if they're like, oh, my God, I miss you. Let's have lunch. Like then, you know, why not try it out? All right. Moving right along. I got some stories for you. First story is from Mel Douglas, my quote unquote best friend of nearly 10 years has anxiety and depression, as do I. So I've always been super compassionate with her when she's gone through a low period because I totally get it. That's the trauma bonding right there. For her, it's typically that she's non-responsive or has very few words. It's hard to have a friend with mental health difficulties, even if you have your own, because it's different for everyone, but I've made sure to use kid gloves with her. She's gotten mad at me over being honest and even went several years without speaking to me because I told her her new girlfriend was trouble. Turns out she was and it ended terribly. But I was there for her when she finally picked up the phone and things went back to normal. About two months before the pandemic began, she told me she was moving into a house with her other bestie and their two kids. I didn't want to say anything, but I knew it would mean seeing her even less since she has been canceling plans with me last minute for months to hang out with the other BFF. Of course, then the lockdown happened and she's immunocompromised, so I knew I wouldn't get to physically see her for a long time, but we could text or video chat at the very least. In the past year, I've had less than 10 texts from her, even when I've reached out to say I needed to talk or asking how she was. When I talked to my mom about it, she said, yes, but she did come to your birthday get-together. It was socially distanced, only six people, and we wore masks. I reminded her I provided the alcohol. I know that when I see her at the bar, it's going to be a bit awkward, but I'm prepared to tell her it's evident that I'm just not important to her anymore. And that's okay. I'm in my mid 30s and I just don't have the time or energy to spend on others that don't invest in me, too. Just a reminder to everyone that there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries. And that's absolutely right. It's all about boundaries and for some people a boundary is I can't be with you when this and for some people the boundary is I can't be with you ever so yeah it just feels like too much had happened in this friendship where she didn't feel valued enough anymore and she felt like the friendship was conditional like she only came to her birthday because there was alcohol there and whether that was true or not that's how she feels and if that's how you feel nobody can tell you that how you feel is wrong so yeah Nothing wrong with setting boundaries, absolutely. And also good for you for, mm. see, this is where you're prepared to tell her it's evident that you're just not important to her anymore. I wouldn't phrase it that way because then that's making it seem like it's her fault. I personally would approach it more in the, I just feel like we're on different pages or, you know, I feel like our priorities are different you know, where it's a we thing instead of a you thing. Because I think wording it as it's evident I'm just not important anymore is just setting you up for her to instantly be um, defensive. Also too, don't do it at a bar. Don't do it when people have been drinking. That's just going to set it up for a dramatic situation. All right. This one is from Anonymous. Anonymous friend breakup. You can call me Claire. All right, Claire, here we go. I broke up quote-unquote, with a friend by blocking her number and all social media accounts. I'm not proud of it. It felt like a juvenile thing to do, but I found she was no longer contributing positively to my life, and every interaction we had seemed to be more about her humble bragging and low-key criticizing my life choices than any genuine care. The last straw came. I hit those block buttons and I've rarely given her another thought. My sense of self-worth has improved and I know I have made the right decision. So there you go. There's an example of someone that just like quit cold turkey and never looked back. My advice in a situation like this would be to have the breakup talk before it gets to the point where you hit the block button because then it just becomes just such a hurtful situation but also, you know what? Some people are just shitty people and you should block them. So (laughs) do you? Bernice loves to laugh. (laughs) That's your middle name. Lopez. I had a friend that broke up with me because I couldn't accommodate her needs. I didn't realize at the time she was narcissistic and I was low key setting a boundary. We got high key in the last one. We got low key in this one. We got all the keys. Keys are covered. Nine years later, I went through a recovery program and we reconnected. She joined the program and the same toxic behavior started rearing their ugly head. This time when she reached out to me, she had a habit of going radio silent and then I would hear from her when she was bored or needed me. And I had to tell her that our friendship was one-sided and I had to move on. She took absolutely no responsibility and made no attempt at an apology. It's been four months and I don't feel in the least bit sad. Altogether, we had known each other since 1996 and aside from the nine-year break, our friendship... Oh, no! I cut off the end of that story. Well, anyways, moral of the story is, again, you broke up with a friend and never looked back, and you don't feel bad. That's good. This is more of a, she actually did do the breakup. She told her that she felt like her friendship was one-sided. And you, mo- you, had, and you told her you needed to move on. So I think that's fair. If in that, what you needed was an apology, and you didn't get it, then... Fair. Totally fair. All right, last story. Anonymous says, I was broken up with by my best friend of 11 years at the time. I was struggling with a really mean eating disorder among other mental illnesses. I got incredibly sick every day. I stopped showing up. I missed parties due to my short-term memory loss. Couldn't eat their food anymore, etc. My best friend since high school, whose wedding I had been in not five months prior, broke up with me. It also happened to be a day I found out that another very close friend of mine had passed, so it was easy to accept being broken up with. I went to treatment that year and have been in recovery from my eating disorder for almost four years now. Yay, congratulations. That ex-best friend reached out about a year later, and I told her I needed time to be ready for an authentic connection again, and she was understanding. We reconciled and agreed to be friends again, but it doesn't feel like it ever used to, and I don't think it will. It just doesn't feel real or like an actual friend, and we rarely ever talk. It makes me sad when I think about it, but I know she's happy and enjoying her life, and I know she deserves that. So I'll always be here if she wants to talk, but I'm not rushing into any conversations with her anymore. So that's a perfect example of a reconciliation. And that's the thing, too, kind of like I was saying before, is there's a certain point in any relationship where if too much has passed, too much has gone on for it ever to feel the same, it's just not going to. So, kind of like how with my friend I reached out in the way of like you know I'd like to see you but I never it was never with the intent of like let's be besties again because it just I knew it was never going to feel the same so I think it's good good for the soul to reconcile in just the way of like you good. I'm good. If I see you cool, I can text you on your birthday or when I see something funny, but like, we're not going to be besties. I think that's good for the soul, but I think anything above that, like there was a reason you guys broke up in the first place. That is the end of my first actual topic podcast in a long time. Holy Moses, we're at 46 minutes. Well, it's going to be a little less when I edit, but I hope you guys enjoyed this topic. I hope you found it useful. Um, Hopefully it gives you some peace in your own friendships friendships are so similar to relationships but also so different in their own way so if you have a friend that you feel like you need to break up with be brave be strong give them the closure give your friend the respect to give them closure and understand why you are at the end of your rope yeah, if anybody wants to submit questions or stories for future podcasts, I always put my submissions out on my socials. My socials are at the Cherry doll dollface everywhere. If anybody wants to submit a confessional, a cherry's confessional, my number is 818 640 7188. You can submit anonymously or you can submit anywhere on socials with your name attached. Give me your deep, dark secrets. Even just give me your funny secrets. Those are good too. But this podcast is way too long. I got to get out of here. So. Don't be an asshole, and until next time, here's me waving my the hand.